0: The world judges Christianity not by what the Bible says, but by how Christians live. That means there's a significant emphasis to be made and to be put on the holiness of life. As the writer of Hebrews exhorts in chapter 12, verse 14, strive for peace with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Whew, that's good. That is really good. Let's talk about it. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the X Plus One Podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and before I welcome you to part two of our series, I just gotta say I've got a special guest I get on this podcast. It is Teddy. Hey, Teddy. She's to my right. She's got a sock in her mouth, and I kept trying to get her to go upstairs so I could record this podcast, but she would not listen. <laughs> this dog was not going upstairs. She wants to be present for the podcast. I guess she's a fan. Adamant listener. Teddy, are you an adamant listener? Silence. She was talking to me earlier, and she might be talking during this podcast as well. So I'm currently rubbing her ears, so hopefully that'll keep her keep her quiet. But anyways, welcome to part two of our short series entitled, Do You Care Most About What God Cares Most About? Now, in part one last week, I proposed the question to you all, and we unpacked one of two things that God cares about most, which is is salvation. We talked about how when looking internally, we don't seem to value our own salvation enough, taking joy in our work for God and not the work of God in our hearts. We also talked about how when looking externally, we don't seem to value the salvation of others enough, desiring other things more than desiring for them to share in the fullness of joy that comes with being in the presence of God and the love that we get to embrace and experience through a saving relationship with him, which Again, I think the biggest reason for that is because we don't value our own salvation enough to value others enough. And if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, I really encourage you to do so. And if you did tune in to that podcast, you would know today that we're talking about the second thing, the other thing that God cares about most, and that is our sanctification. Now, although I'm sure many of you know what sanctification is, I want to put a definition on it. Ian Bounds says God's work is to make holy men out of unholy men. God is holy in nature and in all his ways, and he wants to make man like himself. And that is exactly what sanctification is. It is God's work, first and foremost, and that work is the becoming more like him. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. He says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. That's following Jesus right there. I'll read it again. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Again, that's following Jesus right there. Why? Because when you are truly saved, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, your truest desire is not to go out and party. It's not to attain generational wealth or some high position or important social status. Your truest desire is no longer horizontal in nature. When you become indwelled with the Holy Spirit as a follower of Jesus, you are no longer a slave to your flesh and to your sin. But Paul says in Romans six eighteen that you have become a slave to righteousness, meaning that your truest desire is now heaven-bound. It's vertical. That means it is to be made holy, to become like the one who saved you, a.k.a. to become sanctified. Now back to verses 15 and 16 in 1 Peter chapter 1. Notice how Peter says twice. He says twice that we ought to be holy. On the surface, you may think that's insignificant, but it's actually huge. It's huge that we come to grasp the choice of language there and its importance to us. You see, those words, they revealed to us that we cannot make ourselves holy. We can't do it. We can't do it. God is the one who called us to holiness, not ourselves. We must be made holy through his work and Holy Spirit in our hearts. In other words, and I really want you to get this. I want you to get this because this is important. Okay, and it builds off what we talked about last week. In other words, above all, we're not called to do holy, but to be holy. Yes, we have good works to complete, and doing holy, holy is something every Christian should do, but being must precede doing. Being must precede doing. You must be holy before you can do holy. You need to have a holy heart of which only God can change and create before you can live a holy life. Now, although that may seem obvious, we don't live like it is. We don't live like it is. We think we can just do holy without being holy. We think we can adjust our behavior to clean up our language or our bad habits, or we think volunteering or being generous with our money is going to help us be holy, but it's not. It's a facade because it's mechanical change and not organic change. It's surface level change. We honor with our lips, but our hearts are far from God. And if you don't agree with all that, I want you to ponder for a second. Just ponder with me, the American church, okay? I want you to hear what Ian Bounds writes on this in one of his books that he released in, or that was released in 1920, all right? He writes, the work of God in the world is the implantation, the growth, and the perfection of the holiness in his people. Keep this ever in mind. But we might ask just now, is this work advancing in the church? Are men and women being made holy? Is the present-day church engaged in the business of making holy men and women? This is not a vain and speculative question. It is practical, pertinent, and all-important. The present-day church has vast machinery. Her activities are great, and her material prosperity is unparalleled. The name of religion is widely spread and well-known. Much money comes into the Lord's treasury and is paid out. But here is the question. Does the work of holiness keep pace with all of this? Is the burden of the prayers of the church people to be made holy? Are our preachers really holy men? Or to go back a little further, are they hungering and thirsting after righteousness, desiring the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby? Are they really seeking to be holy men? Of course, men of intelligence are greatly needed in the pulpit, but prior to that and primary to it is the fact that we need holy men to stand before dying men and proclaim the salvation of God to them. Now, I love that. I love all that, and obviously we can't unpack all of that, but Bounds is on to something in his words there. I think the question of whether or not the holiness of God's people is keeping up with the activities and machinery of the church is a great question, and one that the modern 2023 American church clearly answers as no. I mean, Bounds wrote that in the early 1900s, and then that was published in 1920, saying that the machinery, the money, and the activities of the church were great. How much more, how much more are they now in 2023? I mean, some churches put on a whole movie-like production every Sunday with the crazy high-tech equipment they have, and they do choreography for, you know, Easter service, Christmas service, and their worship is a lot like what you would experience at a concert. We've got more money than ever, In the American church. We've got multi-site churches. We've got events after events after events going on in the church. You've got the Tuesday morning coffee with the ladies and the men's meetup to grill and watch college football on Saturday. We've got the weekend retreat coming up as well as the multiple events for Christmas fundraising and gift packaging. We got a whole lot, a whole lot of activity going on in the church. And Bounds asks, Does the work of holiness keep pace with all of this? Does it? Does the church care most about what God cares most about? Are they, first and foremost, prioritizing the growth of holiness in the people of the congregation? Or is the church, first and foremost, prioritizing material matters? Are people's sanctification on the mind and a driving factor in the church? Or is it their money or their attendance in the name of a full full church? Think about that. I'll say this, and, and this is the hard truth. If we are called to be holy as Christ is holy in 1 Peter, and yet we are not growing in holiness, then we're not abiding in him. Simple as that, we're not. Again, to, to use the words of bounds, he says, unfortunately, whether designedly or not, we have substituted the external for the internal. We have put that which is seen to the front and shut out that which is unseen. It is all too true as to the church that we are much further advanced in material matters than in matters spiritual. Now think of those words in our present Christian culture. Ask yourself, are are we in American Christian culture more advanced in material matters rather than matters spiritual? Are we? Now I want you to ask it directly to yourself. Are you More advanced in material matters than in matters spiritual? In other words, are you more concerned with doing holy than being holy? Do you find yourself more inclined to skip time alone with God to go and do things in his name or just things in general? Guys, and please hear my heart with this. This is something that is very heavy on my heart and something I'm very passionate about. Like literally just this weekend, I was explaining to some friends in the car on the way back home from church how much it bothers me that there's such a lack of godly men in the church. It bothers me that I interact with and have interacted with so many leaders, some that are my age and some who hold high positions in very large and impactful churches who do not prioritize personal holiness and becoming more like Christ. They don't prioritize their sanctification. They don't prioritize holiness at all. And that's a problem. That's a problem because as leaders go, so will the church, so will the body. You cannot lead people where you haven't been. And if you haven't been anywhere that is holy, if you haven't been pursuing holiness, pursuing becoming more like Christ, well, then how can we expect the body to pursue that? How can we expect those being led to desire and grow in holiness? Now, obviously, I I can only speak from my experience with with other men, and obviously on this podcast, I don't want to give personal examples, but I'm also sure it's prevalent with women too. We have totally gotten away from prioritizing and valuing personal holiness in America's Christianity. We 100% have, and the evidence is everywhere. You don't have to look very far to see the holiness issue in the church. You don't. And that brings me back to the first thing that I said on today's podcast. The world judges Christianity not by what the Bible says, but by how Christians live. Friend, people are watching. They're watching. There are very few people who are curious enough to study the Bible on how Christians ought to live. They don't know. They don't know how we're called to live. What they do know, however, of God and of Christianity comes from you. It comes from the way you live. And right now, unfortunately, I don't even know what a non-believer would say a Christian is because they get so many contrasting images of them. It's true. It really is. So many people claim they're Christians, and then they they live vastly different lives. I don't know what a Christian is sometimes. I'm like, man, this is what the Bible says, and then here you are saying you're a Christian, and you live a life completely different than what Scripture calls us to live. My mom's told me before that you may be the only Bible that someone reads, and I know what you're thinking with that. Yes, yes, I do indeed have the best and the wisest mom in the world. I love you, mom. And yes, she is 100% right. She is. You may be the only Bible people read. What a great responsibility and also what a great honor to represent God in that way. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, that we are ambassadors. We're ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Child of God, listening to this podcast, you are Christ's ambassador. To be an ambassador, I mean, to be an ambassador for a country, that means you are sent out to represent, for example, you're sent out to represent the United States in matters in different countries. So that means to be an ambassador for Christ, that means you are sent to represent God on this earth to those who are perishing. You represent God. Hello. God is making his appeal through you. Your life is so important. It is. Your holiness matters a lot. As he is holy, so you must be holy. Back to Hebrews 12, 14. Strive for peace with everyone and the holiness. The holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We are to strive for holiness because without it, no one will see God. No one will see who he truly is. No one will come to see his holy 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 character no one will encounter christ likeness that's huge again back to this holiness problem that we have in america there's a reason why christianity is declining it's because nobody is encountering the holiness without which no one will see the lord nobody is encountering christ likeness no one is seeing the holy holy character of god we need that God cares about that. We need to care about that more. We need to prioritize that more. Again, the the work of God in our hearts from the moment he enters them through salvation is to sanctify us. God's work is to set us apart and to make us holy. That's what he wants to do. He cares most about your holiness and your being made more like him. And so the question becomes, do you do you? Do you value your holiness and your being more like Christ as much as Christ does? Do you care most about what God cares most about? Now, I hope that this podcast and this very short series can help open your eyes to some things that you may desire to change in your own heart or or the church in general. I really do, but as as much as you may desire to change or feel convicted to to care more about salvation or or sanctification, as much as you may desire that, it is God's work. And that should be both humbling and freeing at the same time. And the reason it should be humbling is because you cannot save yourself. You can't do it. And you also can't make yourself holy. You can't do that either. At the same time, however, it's freeing because there is someone. That's someone being Jesus Christ who is able to do that who's able to save you, who's able to sanctify you. And not only is he able, but there's nothing he'd rather do because salvation and sanctification are what he cares about most. Look at the cross. He died for our sins so that we might be saved and so that we might be reconnected with God to abide in him and to be made like him. As he is holy, so we must be holy. So if you're listening in, you're a Christian, but you don't feel like you care about your holiness as much as God does, or you feel like you aren't living a life that is holy, the holiness without which no one will see the Lord, or you feel like you don't care about salvation as much as God does, may I encourage you just to lay your life down before Him. We don't need mechanical change. You don't need to change your behavior. You need a change in heart that begets that behavior. So I encourage you to lay your life down before the Lord. That's the best thing you can do. Open up your heart and let the master carpenter do his best work in you. Let him do what he wants to do. Let him make you holy. Let him shift the desires on your heart. Let your salvation, let him make your salvation become more and more real to you. Let you become more and more aware of your sin and your need for Christ. Let the master carpenter do what he does best. And that is cultivate a heart like his. And if you're listening and you don't know Jesus, well, you should. You should because he rocks and there is no greater freedom, no greater joy than that which is found in him. It is so true. I've lived it. I've experienced it. God is so good. No greater freedom, no greater joy. Life and life abundantly found in Jesus Christ. There's nothing better than a relationship with him. Now, I know this is, This has been a longer podcast, and I apologize for that. But if you have any questions, I know it's been dense, please feel free to reach out. My email, the podcast email, is going to be in the description. I love each and every one of you. Have a great Thanksgiving if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving. if If you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I love you all, truly. God bless. I wanna hear you go